Isaac, it's all popping off here, pal. It's all popping off here. There's a kid. There's a there's a flipping alarm going off. There's a there's a kid on a bike that just absolutely decked it on the floor and was just literally lying there still on the floor. And then he suddenly just came back to life, got on his bike and went off. Um, I'm back in Brighton on the hottest day of the year. And this is the third attempt of us doing this podcast as well because my laptop is so hot, it just keeps freezing. However, I think I fixed it. Bloody hell. With ice blocks. I've got ice blocks. You know those ones you used to put in your lunchbox? Or like a picnic box? you actually got them on your laptop? I've got them underneath my laptop. Three of them. Three big ones as well. Like family size. So hopefully, um, episode 16 of the podcast can begin. This is me. Welcome to another episode of This Is Made On The Road. This is episode 16, and currently looking at my screen, it is nicknamed and draft-titled Storytime. Um, I want to welcome Mr. Isaac Tyler to my FaceTime and to the podcast. Isaac, how you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I am warm as heck. It's warm, isn't it? It, it is, is warm. warm. I mean, we are a sight to behold right now as we are sat with both of our tops off. Um, you're lit up, actually, like you're a cathedral. You know, like when they have those uh, <laughs> those lights on the floor? Yeah. Because uh, it looks Underneath, like a very orange yeah. light. And um, all my doors are open, so I, I'm going to put an apology out in advance for any screaming children or any car alarms again or seagulls, um, maybe all any swear words, all that good stuff. Um, but it is rather nice down here on the beach. I sound like I'm complaining, and I kind of am because of the last hour of trying to set this podcast up. However, I'm also immediately relaxed whilst being on the phone to you, mate. So, um, yeah. That's Hello. nice. Hello. I'm, Hello. Uh, I'm ready to see you again, actually, now. I don't know when we've organised to see you again, but hopefully soon. Because George K, the infamous George K, is coming to the UK next week. George K is coming to the UK. And I feel like you cannot Brighton, not see him. Brighton, are you ready? Brighton, are you ready for the K? Not Peter <laughs> K. This is George K. He's a whole different animal. <laughs> Was that a good impression? Um, you can say no. I feel like I've just insulted George K. I'm sorry. I can't because it really hurt my throat. Do it again. It really hurt my throat doing it. No, it's from more time. Hello, mate. How are you? <laughs> that, that's quite good. Yeah? That's quite good. Yeah. You always, for anybody that I hasn't heard. I too offended with For that. anybody that hasn't heard George Kane and has no idea what we're talking about, he did a podcast about four podcasts ago and he sounds exactly like Fat Tony from The Simpsons. So, um, yeah, personal favourite voice of mine, actually. Um, <laughs> one thing I should say, yeah, we are back in the UK and um, should give you a quick little update of what's been happening. So, uh, got to the UK two days ago. I went back to the castle in Bruges and my brother met up with me and we went around. Those of you that have seen this week's pod, uh, vlog, not podcast, this is the podcast. Anyone that's seen this week's vlog, um, you'll have seen the little journey. Because we went to, did you see the, the video when we went to the little French things? The little battle things on the beach? I did see that, yes, the, the beaches and stuff. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called, like battery, battery stations or something like that. But man, they were so cool. I definitely recommend a trip to that. It was really surreal because we were just on the beach and then there's these like actual Nazi wartime like firing posts where they were shooting out to everybody coming into, onto the beaches. It was quite surreal and quite scary actually, but um, quite an experience. I recommend to anybody that, that fancies it. 
That's just a little day on the beach. It's quite weird because all the locals are just literally down on the beach having their normal, enjoying the sunshine kind of day. With the backdrop, yeah, it's just a normal beach today. Yeah, with backdrop of, of World War One and Two. Very strange, very surreal. But I'm back in the UK now, down on Brighton Beach, and um, it is absolutely delicious. I forgot how gorgeous the colour of the water is here. It's it's one of them Brighton you forget how nice Brighton is until you go back, especially when it's sunny and you're like, oh yeah. Oh mate. And because it's summer as well, they've got like a Love Island big television screen on the beach, which I can see from here. I saw that, yeah. Uh, which I think becomes the, they do like a films on the beach thing as well. Like where you mm. can watch like Disney films and various other things. They, they do like a cinema on the beach. And I think it's the same setup. But right now it's Love Island. It's the last week of Love Island. And um, that's all out. And on the behind the bus, there's like bars, like temporary bars that have been set up with like beach chairs and stuff, which is where you saw that Instagram, oh, Isaac, of me with Andy Guitar. I thought it was down by the beach. Yeah, it's near that sea lane, near the little yellow crate thing that's down on the beach. So that's blooming yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Like my local pub is like a beach bar. It's sick. Um, sick. And that's pretty much the update. I, um, I listened through the album the other day. Um, to make notes, I've made like loads of notes on exactly what I need to do on all the songs, and it tell you what, it's sounding pretty good. It sounds like an album. Yeah, it's one of them where it's kind of like it's definitely getting there, isn't it? It sounds definitely like getting there. The thing that I realised is that it feels really short as an album. I mean, it's thirteen songs, but it will be fifteen by the time I've got the final two recorded, and. It, but it feels really quick, I think, because the songs are quite different, mm. but they all sound like they're on the same album, but they're quite different. And it tells a lovely little story, actually, like of the trip. You can tell there's like a progression in the trip. And um, yeah, it went really quick. And I was like, oh, no, is this like, is, it, is there enough songs? Like, is it, is it long enough for an album? Um, but it's just because it, it's really enjoyable. Like, I really enjoy listening to it. So it went by really quick. I think it's about 45 minutes. It's a good, good album length, that. Perfect. So albums going yeah, leave, well. Leave them wanting more. Leave them wanting more, exactly. And I tell you what, the amount of songs that we've written that we'll be releasing after the album as well, it's bonkers. This bus is going to be churning out songs at least once a month um, after this album's done. Oh yeah, definitely, man. There's like, there's a there's a lot of songs that have been done. Yeah, a lot. A lot. Of songs. Um, some other exciting news as well for the old Bussingtons. Um, we got a writing deal with um, Sony last week. A little four-track EP writing dealio for publishing and to pitch to big people. So that's some big news on the bus. It's been it's been an exciting trip. It made me realise actually coming back since I left how much has happened. Like I was starting doing the stuff with Warner, and mm. uh, now the thing with with Sony. We've we've it's been quite a trip, mate. It's been quite a trip. A lot has happened since we've been. Oh, away. there's been a lot that's been happening. And um, a lot. Like it's it's a weird point now because the final month is like. It's, it's exciting in some senses of like tomorrow I've got um, Martin coming down who's the guitarist for like Jesse J, Miss Dynamite and recently Dappy. Uh, he's done Little Mix and people like that as well. Like he's a, he's a good guy and he's, he's coming down to play some guitars on the album as well. I'm also meeting Carol who was the trombone player in the brass section for Seal. That's a biggie. Big. So there's loads of things I'm excited about but also I'm kind of like Mm, not stressed about stuff but like I'm also very aware that this is the final stretch of the album and there's a lot to do like when I was writing my notes I was like I've got to tighten up all these vocals on this song and tighten up all the vocals on that song and all the guitars need pulling together on this like there's a lot of like what I call like admin stuff on songs where you've got to like cut up all the audio files and sharpen them all up tighten them all up and that bit scares me because I feel like there's a lot of stuff to do on that um, mm. so it's like a mix of emotions really it's an excitement and a 
a nervousness as well. An excitement, but still an acknowledgement there's still plenty, plenty to do. Plenty to flip and do, <laughs> that final stretch. Yeah, because I guess like the, the tour has been the exciting bit where you go out, you record and write all the songs, and that's the bit where like everything's new, and now you've got to revisit the songs and still do stuff that's new, but from a different, like more of a, um, it's the less fun side, let's say. But it's very mm. satisfying once you've cut up all the vocals and then you get the final thing done at the end. It's very exciting. Absolutely. So that's all That's all happening, mate. So um, is there anything new you've, with you on your side, mate? Um, just working, mate. Just working. Just working. Just working. Um, I will have a couple of blog posts coming out very soon. Very excited for on it. On the old Made of the Road, which, like, I love... I always used to love creative writing when I was in school. It's the one thing I used to love, like, doing. Yeah. Anything creative writing where I could have, like, a license to do what I wanted it on. Yeah, and express it how you want to express it. Yeah, it was weird. It took a little bit of getting into just, like, figuring out, like, what kind of tone I would have on a blog. Because I think when you read people's blogs, like, they've got a certain tone about them and a way they kind of flow and stuff. Yeah, It took a while for me to kind of pinpoint that. But as soon as I did, like... I really enjoyed just like kind of just getting my teeth into it and, and sitting down and writing stuff. So like my first one is going to be like my experience I had of my first ever self-release. Yep. Um, as you know, I've, the other songs I've had out before I didn't self-release. So this time when I did, it was like my first experience doing it. So it's just and purely from the point of distribution. So I've just written like a blog on... Um, like a step-by-step thing and my experience with it and what I might do next time and what I would keep the same next time. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, so it's like a tips and tricks, been, things you learn by doing it the hard way. Yeah, and just, yeah. I'm little ex- tips and tricks and uh, what I'd do different next time and stuff. So I'm very excited yeah, to read I'm, that, I'm, mate. I'm, I've also had a couple of ideas for some other ones, but I'll, uh, ah, I'll fill you in. You'll spill those later. So... Um, you can find these blogs, by the way, Isaac. For these podcasts, we do um, a write-up that basically is a standalone thing. So if you didn't want to listen to the podcast one week, uh, maybe you didn't have time to, but you still wanted to keep up to date with what we're talking about, um, there's a little write-up where you can quite literally see um, all the topics we talk about and all the content that was involved in what, what we were talking about. Um, and Isaac is doing that. So, And they're really good reads, mate. We've had some really good feedback and there's a lot of people coming to the website, particularly to read the blogcast page. Um, with our blogs and our podcasts, hence why the name Blogcast. So, yeah, you're doing a grand job, mate. You're doing a grand job. And um, I'm writing my next blog, hopefully this week. I find it really therapeutic, actually. I see it as, like, time off. Rather than reading, most people will, like, read or they'll listen to music or they'll play a game. Like, I like to go sit down on the beach and just write a little blog. It's um, it's, it's really therapeutic, isn't it, to, like, get some stuff out of your system, just, like, your thoughts and feelings. And um, it's just nice. Once you kind of get into the flow of it, it kind of just, you just keep writing yeah and it's really enjoyable so um hopefully i've got another one coming out the last one was what was the last one i did oh it was the aston microphone like whether the origin the whether the spirit yeah. that i'm using right which now which was the first ever kind of test the first blog that ever went up wasn't it on yeah and we've got quite a few more now so it's um, good because we've got we've got a nice balance of it because like each week we have like the write-up for the podcast which like you said is like, like a standalone blog in itself and then me and you will be dropping like individual blog posts ourselves so you've got the microphone one I did I'm doing the distribution one and then hopefully the idea is to get guest blog yeah that, blogs written, that's the goal where we ask friends and stuff and if anyone's listening who has something they wouldn't to write about 
um, get in touch because that's something we want to do as well. Can I make it like a community blog? Yeah, page basically, kind of um, just to help musicians out. So if there is somebody out there that has experienced something um, in terms of like maybe some new equipment they've used or maybe it's like that you've just learned how to use something and you think it will be useful for somebody else or maybe it's like the smallest of thing like a, a new button that you found in Logic Pro X or something that's really helped you out um, or maybe it's a new recording technique with microphones Any, absolutely anything um, get in touch let us know because we have the space now for blogs to be posted um, and obviously you'll get credited, credited for them on the blog and um, yeah it's just a fun little space to share thoughts really and I'm, I'm really excited by the thought of that, by people writing blogs. And hopefully one day we can pay people to do the blogs as well, so we can pay people like yeah. 50 quid to write a blog and stick it up on the page. That'd be really nice as well. So there's a lot going on in the old Made on the Road. If, you, if anybody is interested in that, it's www.madeontheroad.co.uk forward slash blogcasts. Um, yeah, nice one, mate. I've, uh, it's a nice little, nice little plug, but also it's just nice to do the update, isn't it? And actually just realise like, yeah, actually this is really cool what's going on. It is, and the whole website's kind of like in a really cool place at the moment. Because if you go onto the website, there's the drop-down menu where we've got like the blogcasts and stuff, which is a page by itself. But there's like the merch, there's the 360 tour, That's which the is the coolest thing. People haven't checked. You can out. literally walk around That's, the bus, like Google Maps. It's killer. Yeah. It's you so can walk good. out the bus, you can so, stand outside the bus, look around, and you can even click on the TV, and it links you to our vlogs. It's very cool. Yeah, so go go check the website out if you're listening. Um, a very enjoyable experience. There's a new homepage going up actually pretty much any day now. Um, oh, exclusive. Any day. We've been working hard behind the scenes to try and get that sorted. Basically, the, the About Me page, it's nice, but it's not a very good like landing page. So now we've got all these big companies that we're working with. We've just got a big page that explains everything that we're doing and um, it looks really nice. So Tom Wardman, um, who is helping us out here at Made on the Road, he's part of the team now. He's, um, he's been working really hard on that. So, uh, Tom, thank you for your help on that. And that should go live any day. So, um, lots has been happening. It's been exciting. So, Mr. Isaac, shall we do This Is Time To Talk? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Right, it's only you and me this week and there's a delay. Last week you compensated for the delay quite well. Shall we try and do the theme tune? Yes, I will apologise in advance. So I think what we should do is, you know, like the theme tune is, this is made on the road. I think we should do that, but this is time, time to talk. This is time. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, and just stop after talk. Okay, one, two. Okay. One, two, this is, wait, hang on. Wait, is it after two? What? One, two, <laughs> one, two. This is, yeah, it goes in after two. This is time. Yeah, are you ready for it? Okay. One, yeah. two, yeah. one, two, this is time. This is time. <laughs> time to talk. Time to talk. <laughs> that was literally like that was you, the most we were doing a call and response. That was the most underwhelming one we've ever done. I'm kind of swinging towards doing the uh, doing the, the theme tune. The, the what's it called where I can trigger it? I just I think we should have some. I don't know. I I think we should put it to people. Comment on this podcast. Comment on the podcast if you like the very <laughs> um, uh, abstract and DIY introductions to our sections, or would you like a funny jingle? That could change from... from didn't have to be the same jingle every week. I mean, jingles could sound it a could lot more professional. One. However... They definitely could. It does always make me smile, but I don't know if it's only us that it makes laugh. I don't know if people listen to I this podcast and they're like, 
Bloody hell, guys, can you please just get a jingle? And then we get people on and we tell them what, and they're like, what? They're like, what? what? We're singing the... I think when it's a group, it works quite well. It just doesn't work over FaceTime. No. That's the truth. That's the or harsh reality. It? So. <laughs> Moving on swiftly. <laughs> this week. Yeah. Um, we've gone for a bit of a... Uh, it's going to be a bit of a... Um, this is just going to be a chat today, I reckon. It's not going to be... We've got a bit of a structure... But we thought we'd just just have a chat. It's going to be a bit more unstructured, this one, a bit more of a flow chat. We're just going to go where we're going to go with it. Yeah. And there's no real pressure on having to get to an end point or anything. And what exactly are so we, we doing? Cool what to, are we exactly doing? So we thought it'd be cool to come up with five points. And that sounds even more structured than it is, but we just come up with like five points that we think would be nice kickstarters for a conversation. So we've got five um, questions, basically, all to do with music. And they just thought they'd be good kickstart for stories me and you might have, share some memories, share some examples of other people, and just talk about where it all started for me and you as musicians and I, everything in between. I think like um, the way that I really liked that we described it earlier was that it's basically a story time. Yeah. Where the topic that you're about to say, we got and you've got five of them. We just think of the the, the best story that we can remember to do with that topic, right? And put us across, we've not really thought about the stories for, for a reason. We want it to kind of just be a... Off the cuff. Just go into a... Con- like, this is this is a not rehearsed. This is just me and George sitting down. It might be five minutes of us going... It might be. It might be for all I know. So And if it is, we'll move on. If, if it is, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and... We'll go to this is the news. No, it'd be fine. I think we're gonna. We, but it's also, I reckon we've got plenty of stories, pal. It's a very good way for anyone who's listening. This is a perfect week for you to get involved as well as a listener. Of with these five topics and questions, um, doesn't matter if you're a musician. Some are more catered to musicians, but some can just be if you're a music fan. But to get involved, like you can, you can put forward your stories or your answers to these as well. Absolutely, we had a comment on last week's blog. I don't know if you saw it. The first comment we've ever had on the website. I did not see that. Yep, it's a lovely little comment from Dave, the guitarist that was on the very beginning of the tour. I think it was his... Oh, yeah, Dave. I want to say it was his dad or his... I think it was his dad. Um, And he was like, love the whole family, and he listed all their names, and they were like, we're really loving the podcasts, and um, love the the write-up, and he found it very interesting, because what was the topic last week? It was um, how to deal with feedback. Feedback and negativity. Exactly, and he was saying that Dave... Um, was very very much doubting himself as a guitarist and, and he was he was very close to just not ever starting playing guitar and now he's an incredible guitarist and he was saying about the fact that feedback nearly stopped him like people saying to him various things nearly stopped him from carrying on playing guitar after only his first mm-hmm. couple of lessons and people I assume people were just like oh you're not very good even after like two lessons and now he's um, an absolute legend so there you and go that's a prime example of why not to be a to people who are learning music, because yeah. you can, you can stop someone doing music if you're not careful. Absolutely, I'm just going to interrupt the podcast Let a second. Let people learn their craft. There is a bright orange van just driving past right now, a van lifer, and he's got like a tiny little kid's bike just stood upright on the top of his van, and it looks standard. Absolutely standard. Um, the beauty of Brighton. There's a lot of. There was a sofa. Somebody pulled up in like this turquoise coloured 
really cool old old van that was, they clearly lived in, and it had a huge L-shaped sofa just strapped to the roof. And then in the evening, they were just sat on it, just looking out to sea with beers. They climbed on top of a ladder. It was absolutely legendary. That, that does sound pretty good. Yeah, it was great. It was great. So, um, sorry, just to interrupt on that. I just had to... I was completely distracted by it, so I felt like I should say. <laughs> so, what's, um, what's the... F- George, I've got, I've got a question to ask you, pal. Go on, mate. That's our first topic. So, this is, it's a rather vague question. It doesn't have to have a complete pinpoint answer. But can you remember the first time you properly fell in love with music? Wow. The very you first time. you heard music or decided you wanted to and you went, that's a bit of me, is that? Yeah. I, now you've asked the questions, it makes me nervous because I've got, I, I feel like I want to come up with a good story. But yeah, there's, um, there's, um, there's a couple of times actually, but they were both in my bedroom as a teenager or like, a, I don't know how old I would have been, maybe like 10, 11, 12, something like that. And I was in my bedroom and I remember my dad buying me two CDs. He bought me Oasis, um... I can't remember the name of the album, but it was the one that had like half the world away on it. And yeah, he bought me the Stereophonics album with the big purple lips on it. Again, I can't remember the name of the album. And it wasn't really music I'd normally listened to, but I remember being like, oh, someone's bought me an album. And that was the first time someone had bought me an album that I really like was intrigued to sit and listen to because I hadn't expressed like a love for the band. And then I remember getting the Jamie Cullum 20-something album. And for me, I'd already had like, I'd, I'd always had like an interest in jazz. Um, not necessarily like really old school jazz, like jazz standards, but there was a certain like, we always had like Nora Jones on in the house, like over Christmas and um, Nat King Cole and um, oh, who did Feeling Good? Nina Simone. Nina Simone. Le- uh, Stevie Wonder was always on in the house. Um, and... I always remember having this like love for like a popular jazz sound and then Jamie but I never really expressed it at school like nobody was into like Nina Simone as far as I was aware um, people went into Nina Simone and people like that um, and then I remember getting the Jamie Cullum 20 something album and my days did I hammer that CD like I was properly like I wasn't really a kid that used to sing out loud but my days did I sing out loud in my bedroom to that album but also <laughs> the thing the reason I loved it and fell in love with it um, the first the reason I have it as a memory of the first time I fell in love with music is because it was cool. Like it was the first time I felt mm. like listening to jazz was cool. And Jamie Cullen was like super popular um, on radio too. And I was like, I was like, yo, there is a there's a market out there for like cool jazz. It's still a thing. And um, I remember just being like fully absorbed in it at that point. And I, I was asking my uh, piano teacher, I bought the Jamie Cullen books and I was like, I want to learn this, I want to do that. And in my GCSEs, I pulled together a band um, with Chris, actually. I think you met Chris last time you were in my, at my mum and dad's house. The guy, the bald guy that was sat outside the local pub. Yeah, I remember we were having a pint outside and yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. he's done all sorts. He was done like Jules Holland and all the big bands shows for the BBC he was in like the BBC big band as a drummer really cool guy done loads of stuff so he was the drummer for my GCSE project and then my piano teacher also played double bass so he was he was on bass for that as well and it was a Jamie Cullum like I insisted that Jamie Cullum was the stuff I was going to do so for me it was a really big turning point where I just absolutely fell in love with music I'd played the piano for like a good five years and it was always I'd done like classical piano and I knew I had a love for piano somewhere but it wasn't in classical and then um, Jamie Cullum just changed everything for me and just realised that, like, you know, be 
be brave. He basically showed you that jazz jazz could be not that jazz isn't cool, but it was like he opened a door for you that you didn't know was there. Exactly. At the time. And I wasn't afraid to tell yeah. my friends at school, like, oh yeah, I like Jamie Cullum. And some people were like, Jamie Cullum, like what a loser. And then, and, but then there was a lot of people that were like, oh yeah, I, I like Jamie Cullum as well. Or people recognised him as being someone that was respected and in the popular eye as well. Like there was a jazz musician that was yeah. on Radio 2 like daily as like just a popular guy. And for me, that was the first love I remember of music completely because it just changed my perspective. And I was like, I am just going to do what I'm going to do. And that's actually funny enough the time I started writing music as well because I realised that it was worth sitting down and writing the songs that I had. Um, and you've just reminded me, actually, we should make a podcast unearthing and uncovering the earliest recordings or voice notes or maybe dictaphone recordings of us singing. Like, I think I've got a hard drive somewhere with all the old recordings I did as like my first attempts at make, recording songs. I've got a, I've got a CD, <gasps> a copy of the first song I ever wrote and recorded for 40 quid. Wow, dude. Mate, this is going to be a um, wicked... But Can we do this next week as the podcast? Of course, mate. And we will literally... We'll I'm play the to songs. find it somewhere. I will insert and, and drop the songs. It was the first song I ever wrote. Oh, my life. I okay, that's going to be brilliant. Because that's going to be perfect to follow on from this as well. It's going to be so perfect. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, no shame. But so, yeah, that's. I think that's my answer, is that was my first time that I sort of, like, fell in love with music. I like that. What about you? I'm excited for you to answer that same question. Mine's a little different in the sense of it wasn't... Um, the story that first popped into my head when... Because I feel like that question can be like the same as yours. Like, when did you maybe come across an artist that showed you could do what you wanted to do? Yeah. And I like that. I've like finding somewhere where you're like, oh, I can, I can not only just enjoy music, but I can like, I can do this. Yeah. Like, yeah it can still be cool and stuff. But I guess the, the first moment that popped into my head of like, where music made me feel something, and I was quite young, so I didn't realize quite what that meant. I was still so young that I didn't really know what being a musician really meant. But it was when I realised music can make you feel something and kind of everything clicked. I was like, oh, was I used to... My mum used to put old Stevie Wonder records on. And the one song that pops into my head is You and I by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, beautiful song. Which is like not um, not funky, not kind of like... It's not your superstition or, you know, Science Seal Delivered. It's a lot more of a of a love ballad it's got that kind of like major to minor yep. kind of chords and stuff but like I remember being I honestly don't know what age I'd have been but sat on a little poof in front of the telly like playing PlayStation at, honestly I don't even know how old I must have been I was young and kind of just like being aware that this song was making me feel something I didn't know what that meant I didn't you know I was so young I didn't understand what he was really singing about but just the melodies and the chords just made me feel something that I had never experienced with music. I'd always enjoyed music. Like, I put a busted record on <laughs> and be like, yeah, being, you know, like, but it was like a real light bulb moment of, oh, music can, like, really, like, make you feel stuff. Yeah. And change the way you're feeling. How completely. old were you at this and point? And that was a real pudding, young, maybe seven or eight. Oh, wow, really young then. And I didn't know what it meant. It didn't then mean I was like trying to write songs after that. I didn't have a clue. I couldn't play guitar at that point or anything. But it was just, uh, I just remember it as a distinctive memory of like being aware that music could alter the way you felt and really enjoying the fact that music could do that. And was it one of those feelings and that then, like you can't 
you can't reverse, right? We've all had those moments where you've like you yeah, thought that's about the something thing. From and you're then like, on, it's like yeah. And I still like feel the same. Like whenever I listen to that song, like that song's special because whenever I put that song on, I can re- I can remember those feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so that's 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 a memory that sticks out of just almost music becoming music, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, man. Stevie's Stevie's good for that, I think. I think Stevie's yeah, going to be around I for many just, years in that sense as well. Like, I think there's so yeah, many generations. Just, yeah, I agree. I think it's just everything about him as an artist, I think, as well. I think, like, when you learn more about him, like, I didn't realise, like, when I was listening to that song that he was blind. Yeah. Um, so, like, and that shouldn't be anything that defines him. It doesn't. Um, but then, like, a few years down the line, you may be seeing videos of him playing, and then you're like, hang on, he's... He's blind. Yeah, I think in a and way it does define him. Like that and he can, because I think it defines it him as like, a, like the genius that he is, and the, just his approach to things is very different. Yeah, it's just like, oh my days! Like how have like you can do all this and you're like visually impaired, like you can't see what you're playing. Yeah, and I've always thought it's like he'll never see the crowds he plays. To. No, he can just hear them, but then like he'll, he'll hear them in ways that, that we can never hear them. You know, that's the thing, and I think it probably tuned his ear more. I think because. There are stories of like when people's sight goes, their hearing becomes more um, powerful, or they hear more things because they they perk up one of their other senses. So I think he's a he's a special human being. Oh, definitely. I wonder if a, he was a musician and artist that changed a lot of people. I think um, here's a kind of a rhetorical question, just something to think about. I wonder if Stevie Wonder would be the the absolute talent that he is if he was born with sight. Mm. I wonder if he'd do music. We'll I, I wonder know, if, yeah. yeah, we'll never know. But like, it's very interesting to think, like, I wonder what his path would have been like if he could see. Yeah, I don't know. Mad. I don't know. Mad. But I like that story, but mate. I'm, glad, I like he's, that. I'm glad he's the person he is. Can you remember the game you were playing when you were, um, when, when the song came out? It would have been FIFA. It would have been FIFA. <laughs> it would have been FIFA... Oh, five, maybe. Wow. Maybe even before that. Mate, I remember, like, FIFA 95 and FIFA 98. And... Mate, do you, remember FIFA, do you remember FIFA 2001? You could slide the keeper when he had the ball in his hands and you'd just get a straight red card. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah, you could slide tackle him. You could just run up to the keeper and clatter him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember playing it on um, on PC. Like, it was one of the first games we had on PC oh, as well. Days. I think that was 95 as well. I think that was the FIFA 95, which was... No, you weren't born in 95. You were born in 97, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I had FIFA 98. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't playing FIFA 98 when, when I was you were one. I mean, I had it when I was a few years old. but When it was affordable. Yeah. Mate, mad to think about when that was. I remember the Colin McRae game as well. I had that. I was very On much, PC? In, yeah, I was yes, very much in love with that. And at the time, I thought the graphics were mint. I was talking about this to someone else the other day. Um, I think it was Andy Guitar. The graphics used to look so good. And now... Did you just burp? Yes, I heard sorry. that right in my headphones. It was a really weird sensation. I, thought, I was like, did I burp inside my own head then, or was that... <laughs> um, but yeah, I bet we'd go in it now and be like, wow, I can see every pixel. Mate, <laughs> I used to think, like, this is so realistic, and then you realise now, when, you, when you're in like, a rally game that's really old, it's almost all the scenery moves in the car, doesn't <laughs> It's so weird how like, things progress, every- though. Like, we're going to be looking, communicating in 20 years' time, being like, God, do you remember when we used to sit in the bus and, like, FaceTime each other? Yeah. How weird's that? 
That's mad to think about. It's crazy. Right, what's your what's what's number two? What's I like these questions. I'm well in on this. It's making me feel all nostalgic. So, the next one still cute though is <laughs> the first time you played music in front of people. So like that could be like. You could kind of answer that question how you like because that could be in front of a few friends if you want or that could be like the first time you played in front of like a live crowd or whatever. So I don't think I actually played in front of my parents other than like practicing piano. I don't... I think the first time they will have heard me like do a song so to speak was actually when I got in my first band when I was 13. Yeah. The band called Cruise Control. I still use George.CruiseControl at Hotmail.co.uk as my spam. Uh. That's for like, if I do not want to be contacted by anybody, um, I give them that email address. So I, it's still running. But it was a band called Cruise Control. And um, yeah, I was 13. And I'm trying to think what the first gig would have been, but we used to practice. I mean, we even built like a little studio in um, the place that we, we rehearsed at um, Ian and Sue. Ian and Sue's, I nearly said their last name, but I'll just keep them, Ian and Sue. Um, they had a barn mm. and we, we built a proper like brick studio with soundproof, rock wall, the whole thing. And we used to rehearse in there. And um, I think like one of my first earliest memories would have been um, like a school fate or something like that. And, yeah. and I remember my parents going along to that and, um, and hearing hearing us so i think that was the first time i remember but i think the first time i remember playing in front of like my whole family when we did like a, a gig at home was we we threw a gig in our living room at um was it new year or would it have been christmas eve i think it would have been a new year's party that we hosted at home and we actually set up like the pa speakers and we did like a proper gig and i've got a video someone videotaped the whole 45 minute gig and we used to wear white and gray stripy jumpers like that was our stage thing um, and Hannah, our bass player, she used to wear a, a, a grey and white stripy dress. That was just our thing, like super cringy from New Look, I think they were, or H&M or something crazy. And we did, we, we like went in on it. We had like a stage uniform. We had certain things that happened on stage, like at certain times. And um, yeah, I think that was my first. And how come, how come you didn't make it? Well... We just didn't. We, I remember we won Battle of the Bands once. In, like, it was like a uh, hundred bands had gone down to us winning it, and they was were it like all older. Of rock? No, they were they were old. They were all like older bands, like proper like adults. And then there's us as little kids that came on, and we won. Um, that is, it's exactly like School of Rock. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, it was basically, except like, we actually won no, rather than the other bands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> except it was Cruise Control. Um, but I, I remember doing an actual gig once um, at a venue in, in Lincoln from where, where I grew up. And we actually, like, we filled the whole room. And, like, I had no idea people were even listening. And Sam, the guitarist, like, just put out this gig being like, oh, yeah, we're going to play this gig at Ace Fop was the name of the place. And, and um, it was rammed. But the craziest thing was we had a song called Freefall. Um, and the chorus was like one, two, like it started with one, two, three, four as the chorus, like the actual lyrics, not like a count into the chorus, like the actual chorus had one, two, three, four into yeah. it. And people were like shouting it. There was a point where I stopped singing and the crowd was singing our song. And I had no idea people had even heard the song, you know? And um, that was a mega feeling that, that was really surreal. And I think that was like one of the last gigs we did as well. But you know, we started doing some really good support slots around Lincoln. Um, there was a band called The Rays and there was a band called Live Riot and they were really killing it. Like they were on, do you remember Orange did like a thing on Channel 4 that was like a band competition. It was like an X Factor for bands. Do, yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah, they yeah, were yeah. like finalists in that and we were like 13, 14 year old kids and we were getting these support slots and 
we had a guy that was like managing us so to speak at the time like a family friend kind of thing mm. and he was getting us all these really cool gigs and yeah we had a good little name ourselves for ourselves around lincolnshire um and then it just stopped we just went different directions um musically it, it happens well it? the guitarist is now the guitarist in neck deep which is quite a big gig for him to get yeah yeah um i don't think the other two are doing anything one of one of the guys the drummer is now like really high up in siemens like the the they make engines and stuff like that so he's like a mechanic now uh but really oh no he's an engineer i don't know what the difference is in the two to be honest but he's Do you know what this sounds like a perfect plot for a film Ooh. where you've all gone off and done your things and then like you've the last go, gig we're getting the band back together and then that guy's like i've got a job and a wife man i can't be going on the road and you're like Damn, it's like the hangover you. like the hangover but like a band version yeah, and then you're waiting at the airport and you think, oh, he's not coming, man. And then you see him get out of the taxi. He's like, guys, I'm, we're going on tour. They thought it all finished in 2015. <laughs> you'd be like, the band back together, man. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good... And then you play a big homecoming show in Lincoln under the castle or something. Oh, my day. Yeah, that would be sick. That would be sick. Um, yeah, that, I think that's, that, that kind of answers the story question, does it? It, it does. I can't remember what the question was. What was the first time you remember playing, performing? Uh, first time you played in front of people. In front of people. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. it was, we, had a, we had a good time, to be honest. We used to actually, I've just remembered as well, when we were having the rehearsals, because we were so, this is before we'd done a gig, we were so excited to gig that we used to leave the door open to outside to play to the village. Like, we hoped that the village were listening. They were probably all like, oh, for God's sake, I'm going to have to call Steve up again because <laughs> they, need to, they need to turn that volume down. But, like, to us, we were just like, let's play a gig to the village. It'll be really fun. Let's just open our door to the rehearsal. Everyone will love it. And they probably were, actually, many complaints. But What are the police doing here? We were that oh, excited. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> we were just that excited to play to people. Oh, by the way, that sound, that you, I don't know if that's happened yet in the podcast, but that sound is a tiny little train that goes along the front of Brighton um, Beach that you can actually hop onto to get from one end of the beach to the other. That's our, no, that's our alarm that's like telling us to move on to the next <laughs> section. I think it's, isn't it, didn't, you, didn't we work out last time, or we learned that it's the oldest railway, beach railway, electric train, like in the country or in Europe or something crazy? I'll be honest. No idea. It used to be on stilts that was actually like in, it was in the sea and um, it was an electric railway that went across. It sounds really safe that, right? An electric railway on stilts right above a in vast sea, body yeah. of water. Um, but I think it went back to like the 1600s. Well, it used to go all the way, crazy. it used to go all the way up to Scotland, didn't it? Yeah. No, it didn't. That was a lie. <laughs> I said yes straight away. Um, <laughs> disclaimer. Med that Disclaimer. That was a lie. Um, but yeah, a little bit of a fact for you. So if you hear that sound, it does sound like car. It sounds like Roadrunner, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Roadrunner and coy Coyote or something like that. Um, Isaac, what's your story for point number two? Um, well, hmm. I guess played. I'm going to go played as in like... It was only last year, wasn't it? You're only 12. Playing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um... <laughs> It was last year. I'm only twelve. Yeah. Um, I knew it. No, I guess I I've done. I've done. <laughs> I've done choir stuff when I was younger, but I wouldn't say that's really played in front of people. I'd sung in front of people. I did a bit of acting when I was younger as well, where I like I sung in front, but I wouldn't call that playing. It was just like singing stuff. So the first time I kind of like sat on a stage, me with guitar and singing, I'd have been fifteen, um, and it was. 
I used to do lessons at a place called the Musician Centre where I live. And um, they used to have these really cool pupil concerts where, like, all the parents and friends and family come. And there's probably a good, like, 50 people there. And you'd have, like, a running order and we'd all just, like, play one song. And honestly, like, I can honestly say it's probably one of the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life. Like, hands down. And I was on near the end as well, so I had to sit and watch everyone else. And um, it was one of them where I can't really remember it. I was so nervous. And because I'd only just started really playing guitar and singing along with it, I remember thinking in my head being like, what about if it just doesn't work? Like, what about if I get up there and I physically can't do it because I'm that nervous? Like, I was like, what about, what about if my hands just stop working? Oh. And I just kind of like did it. It was a bit of a blur, but... Can you, yeah, can you remember like, being on the stage though? Was, it, or has your brain just like blocked it off as a traumatic experience? I can just about, but it was one of them where it just went, I kind of did it and I was off by the time I even knew it. And I was like, oh, like... But it was, I just remember like it was such a, such a rush and to get like affirmation from people and get like a reaction from a crowd. Yeah, with one and song as well. It was, yeah, it was such a safe space as well. Like it was parents and stuff. You're not going to get booed or <laughs> heckled there. Could you but, imagine? Yeah, it was. <laughs> booing a child, <laughs> boo, booing a 12 year old off stage. But it was a great like platform. I was really lucky. I had like a really sick guitar teacher who's like now one of my best friends and i had um there was like a vocal teacher there as well who i just go and like sing with sometimes and stuff like that and they were like really sick at kind of not pushing me but just giving me the confidence to just like just you go up on stage and play and stuff so i'm grateful for that and it was um it honestly it was, it was as good of an experience as it could have been for my first time playing in front of people like it, yeah, it couldn't have got much better. And then it was just kind of gigs and pubs and stuff. and That's when it all started. All that jazz. Had your voice even broken all the length. first time? Probably not. Mine was like, yeah. I remember mine being like, you know when it just breaks and you've got that annoying, yeah. like, there's an annoying tone to your voice when your voice is just broken. Yeah. Where you still sound high-pitched, but you've got like the lowness sound. Does that make sense? I know what you mean. I think, to be fair, I think my voice, no, my voice must have broken. It must have by then because I remember doing, like, singing songs and I'm, I'd am i still now probably be able to sing them in about the same key. <laughs> so I think, like... I feel like your voice... My octave range... I feel like when you were a child, your voice was broken. I feel like you came out with a broken voice. <laughs> I think it did break quite early, you know. I seem to remember, like, answering the phone at the age of 12... And people like the house phone. People are like Steve. Like right, no, it's not. It's not Steve. That's my dad. This is Isaac. They're like oh, what? Oh. I actually remember that when that first started happening to me in the uh, in the house. When you start answering the phone, and then the, your family started being like, "Hi, who's this?" And I'm like, "It's George." And I've had my whole life of being used to people being like, "Oh, hey, George." And then suddenly it's like, "Can you put your dad Martin? on?" <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's a very it's, weird time. It's weird as a singer, I guess, as well. Like, it's... I remember kind of thinking, like, as my voice was breaking, I was like, I was like, I wonder if I can still sing, <laughs> like, after it happens. Like, what about if I just lose all ability to be able to sing? Thankfully, that didn't happen. I went to university once with a guy that was in the Choir Boys. Do you remember the Choir Boys? Oh, yeah. Those three lads that they did, like... Well, they just, it was just choir boy type music, but they were they were so young. And I went to school with, uh, to university with with Ben, who was like the the main guy of all that. And um, 
he was he basically I remember having a conversation with him and he was like basically when our voices dropped that was it that was like career over mm. and then he was back to university but um, I also remember him saying like because they had they, they had like a platinum album or something like it sold a ridiculous amount and um, this was in the time when the music industry was still strong and um, I, I always used to just wonder like because when you're a kid you can't take the money you, it just sits into a bank account until you're like 21 or something and I don't think I've seen him since I was about 21 so he'll be able to use that money now which is would be very pleasant yeah isn't it but that's crazy like having i mean unless you you always do you hear horror stories where the parents oh yeah they just like, run off with all the money or they just yeah. don't ever let you know that you ever earned any but i i think from what i heard like he was his parents were decent like that he knew that there was money oh yeah, yeah he, he, not, he knew yeah. that his money was there <laughs> disclaimer so. i'm not saying they've done <laughs> yeah but no i know what you mean by the all the stories um but yeah, um, um, the fact for him that like when his voice broke, that was it. That was game over. That was career that was it. finito. Well, that was then. That was their thing, wasn't it? Yeah, he's still got a great voice now. I remember turning on like Midnight Mass at the, when it was on at like Leeds Cathedral. I think he still does it every year wherever it is. But he's like one of the main choir boys in that, and you, I always see his face and his cheeky little grin. I wonder how he's doing. You know, when you think about people that you haven't spoken to for like five years, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's doing. I need to reconnect with him and just say hi. Yeah, there's there's an awful lot of people like that where you just like, there's, I, yeah, there's so many people like that where you just think, I wonder what they're doing yeah, these days. Yeah, I wonder days. what they're up to. Right then, mate, what's number... Well, now and then you get... Sorry, mate, carry on. I was going to... No, no, let's, you're right, let's, let's, let's move on. Numero... You see, this is the thing, this is like a... It's a casual chat, but we could just go off and chat for so long. We're like a pair of old women, aren't we? So, third point... I feel like we're like two old women in the hairdressers. Anyone they got the hair in that? Yeah. Like them, them big things and got like a magazine. Like, do you hear about? They're, like, they're um, not actually reading the so magazine. They just sat there. They're just like, yeah. oh, Maggie. You do you remember? Do you, you never guess what Ellen did last week? Seen Janet number four. <laughs> She's not taking a bin down in three weeks. Oh, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, do you know what? I'm, <laughs> we should let her know. This is. I'll regret saying this on the podcast because this is probably the most boring thing I've ever said in a podcast. But it made me laugh. I went to take my bins out yesterday. The lid's fallen off my wheelie bin and it's not there. Someone's taken the lid this off is, from my wheelie okay, bin. I, this has become the most hairdresser, uh, four old ladies getting their hairs permed conversation. But what do you do when that, like... Uh, it's like... I don't know. Someone's taken the lid. I don't know what you do. Do you, do you have to call up... Um, what's his name? Darren helped me out the last time. No, Darren. 999. No, I'll tell you what I did last time. I called up... Uh, my friend Darren, he works for council, and um, last time both my wheels fell off my wheelie bin. And honestly, you could you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe the sight that this bis- that beholds a wheelie bin with no wheels on it. I mean, it defies its own it name. I I agree. I mean, we, you know what? We could do a full podcast on wheelie bins, and we will do that. Okay, Number cool. three, great. First gig you ever saw? Busted. That's, you saw Busted? Mate, that was the first band I ever saw. I actually have a you actually CD. saw Busted live? I saw them live and I remember seeing like fire. It was like when stages started to have those fire uh, cannons like at the front of the stage. Oh. And I went with, I don't think I went with my mum. I think I went with my mum's best friend, Karen, and her kids. <laughs> and I was like, 
I was like really shy because I wasn't with my family. I was really shy to like sing along. So in my head, yeah. I was like ultimate fanboy. I was like, and and then True. yeah, exactly, sung like that as well. And I was like, oh, sis, I like the way you, I like all of that, all of that. But I couldn't, I couldn't get into it because. Well, I just couldn't because I was with like somebody else's Mate, family. I used to love Busted. Like honestly, they were my jam. L- like I was a full-on fanboy for Busted. I was having a jam with uh, Morgan on the bus the other day. We just picked up a guitar. And, you know that thing we just play a few chords and see how many songs you can sing to it. And Air Hostess was one of those. Mm. I can't remember what chords we did though. Um, but my days was that a good little? I blooming, I blooming love Busted. I can't remember how that how it... they played. Um, they played Brood recently. They played Brudenell. Stop it. What in Leeds? The tiny little. They played Brudenell, and and Charlie was singing. That's mad. I just picked up a guitar to try and play it, but I can't remember how Isn't we it? played it the other day. Yeah, because then Charlie went off and did that band. What are they called? Firefly or something like that. And like, Fight Star. Fight Star. That was it. Yeah. I saw them at Leeds Fest, like the first band on at twelve in the afternoon. Like nobody stood there. Yeah. And I felt really sorry for him. And then because um, he was the one that was like, oh, "No, I'm never coming back." And then they they all kind of did come back together. Um, there's a train again. Um, what was I going to say So then? how old were you when you saw Busted then? I must have been, I don't even know if I was double figures. No, I must have been like 12, 11, something like that. Cool. I, I was definitely like about, for, I don't even know if I was, was I in secondary school? I must have been. I must have been in high school at that point. Yeah, because they were bubbling up like 2003, 4 and 5, so. Yeah, so I would have been about between 10 and 13. And my, I actually, yeah. I have a CD somewhere. Do you remember they did the Thunderbirds theme tune when they did a remake of that film? Of course. I have course. a CD where Fern Cotton and them are wishing me good luck to a uh, my piano exam. I was just about to do one on my piano. And they were like, good luck, George. Good luck. I hope it all goes well. And they were like, this song is for you. And then they played it. And I have a recording of, of the Thunderbirds song before it was like officially released. With big drums. Down on Tracy Island. Yeah, all oh, of that. I absolutely loved it. Um, and yeah, I have, a, I have a CD somewhere of Busted saying, wishing me luck for my piano exam. Or I think maybe I'd just done big. it and they were like, nice one, man, nice one, dude. Yeah, it was sick. And Fern Cotton was on there. At least I think it's Fern Cotton. I, I, oh no, it might have been Joe Wiley, actually. It's all that kind of like era radio DJs that it'd be, it'd be one of like... Very casual. Early noughties kind of... Yeah, it stayed in, my, it stayed that's a, that's in my CD player for years. And I bet if I go home, I could find it. In fact, maybe that's something I yeah, should no, try and find me. and try and get my brother to burn it onto his computer and we can play that in next week's podcast. Yeah. Jot that one down, mate. Get Just jot down Thunderbird CD and remind me to do that because that will be actually really fun to share on Busted. the thing. There we go. What was, uh, so, what was your first band? The first gig I ever saw would have been... Um, do you know who John Gom is? Yes, the guitarist who does like all the... So the... Smacks his guitar and stuff, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's like... He, he he's from, I think he's from like Halifax or Bradford or something. He's the gig around Halifax, Bradford, really? Keith. Like, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, for yonks, right? The thing that broke him and got him big was Stephen Fry tweeted one of his videos onto Twitter. Wow. Probably a good like eight, eight years ago now and he blew up from that. But my brother put a gig on at the Great Northern Pub in Keighley. So this is not a venue, it's a pub. Wait, that's what the name and of the pub is? It was the Great Northern Pub. And it was 
with John Gom. Like he was just a no. He was you running the mill, very talented, but running the mill, just guy you'd book for a pub gig doing the local scene. A few gigs on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and put him on. So me and my mum and dad, I think, went down because my brother was the first gig he put on, and obviously, blah, blah, blah. So I must have been, honestly, about six, seven. And, uh, Sat in the pub yeah, eating your packet of ready salted Walkers crisps, or Lay's, as they're called. Yeah, it's right? pretty much that with a lemonade. And um, that was my first gig. Yeah. Wow. Can I throw in, like, a... And I remember him being a very nice guy. Can I throw in, like, a, a story thing, um, story question as well? What was the first? What was the sure. thing you did before music? Like, did you have like an activity that you did after school or something that was like, like, did you go swimming? Did you do competitions in anything? Football, 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 football. Did you, football. Did you play for like a village or anything, or was it just like between mates? Yeah, I was football mad. Really, it's so funny because Honestly, like, like I'm a- knowing you as a person, I just never would have put you down. Obviously, I know you're a football fan, but I never would put your personality to being a football guy i have no idea why but it always kind of whenever you've got like i don't know like a bet on or something on the football or you're just watching a football match i'm always like oh yeah isaac's really into it always refreshes in my mind it's very strange i don't know why i get you don't yeah i know what you mean like it's i don't maybe come across as some because i as i don't really talk about football a lot now Unless it's on, and then it might be, it might be like, oh yeah, you you like football, don't you? Yeah. But yeah, mate, I used to be football. Like my mum and dad used to be like, I don't know where this has come from because they're not sporty or anything like that. It's always been like arts and acting and music with them. Yeah. But mate, honestly, like I used to play for, well, I played for school, I played a club I played for. Every Saturday we had training. On summer holidays, I'd go off to a football camp for, for two weeks. No way. And just play football. Just literally, I was football mad. Wow, dude. And did you, you played for your local town or village or something, or was it just like a still casual thing? I had a, I had a couple of teams, pal. I had a, I had a stint at Bronte Wanderers. Um, we weren't very good. Uh, we were in the bottom league, and we couldn't get relegated because there was no leagues below it. Um, so we just stayed in that league. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> and then I went to Longley for a bit, transfer. Um... <laughs> And played for them. So just like local teams and stuff, yeah. But obviously you're a kid. It was all good fun. It was never anything serious. But yeah, but I used to love it. Absolutely love it. Mum and dad, I'd spent a lot of time stood on the side of muddy football pitches on a Sunday afternoon watching me play football. Wow. That classic parent first thing in the morning, stand out in the cold on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. Or like dad like pulls the car right up and sits in the car with a bit concerning because it's like minus four. <laughs> and why they always do football always games dad. in in like the winter time? It's never like a summer it's football season, game. Isn't yeah, it? I never get that. I never get that. Well, I tried football for a little bit. Thing? I was awful. Uh, tennis was my thing. I started oh, playing tennis when I was four. Oh, tennis, yeah. Um, and I played. I was. I got to a point like where I felt like I was good for like. Like tournament, I did tournaments and stuff, and um, I never win them, but I was always like middle of the road kind of thing. Um, and then it became clear that there was just some kids in the classes like that I was in because I was in quite high classes in the club that we played, and there was just some of these kids in that thing that were just like next level, like could clearly be like on their mm. way to Wimbledon. Although funny enough, none of them ever did. Um, and I just remember being like, when I was sixteen, that's when I had to make the decision of like music or tennis, and I was like, mm. look. There's so many kids that are like mile, like head and shoulders above where I am with tennis. And um, it was just clear that it wasn't like a thing that was natural for me to do. 
but music what like music I was so passionate about and like I was doing like all the time and I guess I guess my parents with music, like you, with go on with music you can still make a racket very oh. nice very very thank flipping you. nice thank you <laughs> um but yeah no I, I did I, I did tennis for I mean I how many years 14 12 years and actually 12 I know it was I was 15 when I stopped I think so like 11 years which I've been doing piano now for 12 years so I've only just overtaken how long I was playing tennis with how long that's I've been crazy doing music about, isn't it? it's mad that it's mad that yeah that's yeah but I just wasn't a sporty kid. Like, naturally, I'm just not that sporty, like, physique-wise. Like, I'm not built for sports. I'm built for drinking mm. pints and playing music. You see, I am now, but I, I used to be so sporty. But so crazy. So crazy. Cross-country, cross football, would just be out for, like, five hours running oh, cross-country. It makes me feel sick. I remember that at school. Yeah, I, I used to do it all. We didn't really do tennis at school and I was buzzing for it. I was always running around doing tennis. I was always the kid, like, I was always a kid that was outside and doing stuff and playing games and stuff. I was always running around, but as, like, actual sport, I just hated it. Although I'd enjoyed long jump and triple jump. Yeah. I did that for school. That was pretty mega. I was good at jumping yeah, far I never distances. Liked the, I never liked the athletic side of stuff. <sighs> really. No, me neither. But anyway, that was, that's gone off the music topic, but I was just interested to see what you did. And, of course, football makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I played for uh, Barcelona, mate. Uh, that was what I did. No biggie. Big achievement. Um, Should have stuck at that, really, mate. <laughs> Can you, George Jasman Holiday, first of his name... Send it. Um, <laughs> do you remember the first time you saw your hero? My hero? Um... See, so I feel I like it doesn't have to be like a live setting. Jamie Cullen could be. Yeah, well, Jamie Cullen's the first guy. Like, he is my hero. I don't, ironically, I think he's just brought an album out and I've not even listened to it. Um, I, he's not like in my musical life anymore, but he is definitely my hero that got me to the point, inspiration wise, to where I am now. And. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I went, actually, I had a weekend in Centre Parks as a family holiday. And on the last day, we normally always stayed till like later in the afternoon. And then from, uh, there was this one time where we left early and I was like, like, why are we leaving early? Like, can't we just, can we please just stay? I want to go down the rapids just a few more times. And anyway, I don't remember being like a bit of a, like, arse about it. I wasn't like, being as far as I remember I mean mum dad if you are listening please do correct me I don't feel like I was but anyway we were off and they wouldn't tell us what we were doing yeah we just know we needed to go somewhere there's something I think they said like we need to pick something up on the way home um and anyway we pulled up to Nottingham and uh they were basically surprising us to see Jamie Cullum at Nottingham uh town hall I think it was and yeah, we went out for a meal. And when we, when, when we were at that meal, they told us like, this is what we're going to do. Um, or maybe they told us that just before we left the van to like go to that meal. And uh, yeah, we went to see Jamie Cullum in like a proper concert hall. Like it was the, the first time I experienced really good sound as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I remember that. And, and 
I'd like to go see him again, actually. But I feel like he's a different guy now. Like he was really all over the place, jumping around the stage. He, like he'd he'd throw his stool at the piano um, at certain points, and he always like made the statement of like he's never ever broken a piano. Um, but yeah, he'd like stand on it, he'd drum on it, he'd lie underneath it and like bang it and uh, from underneath. He was a proper good performer. Um, <clears throat> and I haven't seen any gigs recently of what he does, what he's like, but I'd be really interested to know what he's like now as a, as a performer. Um, it would be fun to go and see him mm. again. So yeah, that was my, that was my first one. What about you? Sick. Um, it's weird because I'd seen a lot of people before I'd seen him live, but like... So I remember when Ed Sheeran first bubbled up and came out as an artist when they had like A-Team and all that kind of came out and it was around about the time when I first started playing guitar, I first started singing and it kind of just showed me, I was like, oh, I could do that. Like, I could go around and play guitar and sing in front of people and write those kind of songs. Um, so I remember then a few years later got to see him live at a festival and... Um, I guess that was like a nice kind of... It's just a nice moment, the fact that he was probably the first person I'd really listened to where it like gave me an idea of what I could do in music. And then watching him live, I guess it, it was before he brought Divide out. So it was before his second album had come out. He was playing some songs from it. And like I was like a massive fan of Ed Sheeran then, so he played Thinking Out Loud and no one else knew it because <laughs> it wasn't even out yet. But yeah. I'd found like a, a, another live version on YouTube, so I kind of knew the song and like really like the song so yeah that was like a that was a cool experience to be able to see someone that I'd kind of had helped me realise what I could do in music a few years beforehand so yeah I'd say that's cool that is cool that you found that and he was like third on third on wow at T in the Park so like there was there was two still I think there was Imagine Dragons and Biffy Clyro after him blimey heck which so this now, was like just when things like, were starting to like really kick off for him, but he was still kind of like... It must have been like 20, 2013. This would have been like 18, right? Yeah. This was before his second album came out. Yeah. I remember a friend showing me the song so he 18. he was big. Um, it was a girl called Izzy at school and she was like obsessed with this song. And I remember showing it to me and I was like, yeah, this is really cool. This is really, really different. And you... but. I didn't feel like it was special enough that like you could tell that he was going to be like the next massive, massive thing. But I thought it was cool. Like everyone was psyched about it. But I thought it was going to be one of those like indie phases. You know, like there was all these indie bands that mm. like had a bit of success and everyone was talking about them. Like all people our age when we were younger were like playing all those songs. But then they like died out quite quickly. Um, I felt like that with Elche. I, I think it came, it came as a big surprise to me, actually, after 18, that he was quite as big as he was, but I guess he just wrote the right songs that followed up. I think it came as a surprise to him. Yeah, I think he just followed up with the right songs. <laughs> I, I think, think it was all in whatever he followed that up with that was going to be the make or break, and I just think he followed... I can't even remember what the songs are, but clearly they, they changed everything. Well, uh, yeah, because I remember seeing it was when he just brought Sing Out, you know, the song with Pharrell. Oh, yeah. And that was the big, like, encore last song where he'd, like, go and play, whoa. Yeah. So that was when he brought... So that was, like, the first song he came out with, which was totally different to anything else that had been on these previous albums. So he just did it very cleverly. But I, you can even tell with him, he, he's like, I had no idea I was going to get this big. Nah, not at all. He's like, I don't know. Either. He's got one of the best stories of, like, somebody that deserved to be at the top. Like, forever it'll be the best oh, story yeah. of sleeping on the tube and 
uh, doing like 14 gigs a week or whatever he was doing, ridiculous, like every open mic night, like crazy dedication, like beyond anything you could ever imagine. So always the best story. So I think that's really cool that he's your first hero that like made you see things differently. He is indeed. Um, we've got one more we can talk about or we can move on to the news. It's up to you, my Let's friend. do one more. I'm enjoying reflecting. It's making me like really chilled and really um, nostalgic. I like that. When's the first time you were forced to play in front of your family? <laughs> it's always an age-old thing. When you can play, you sit down, go on, give us a song. Yeah, where people song. are like, go on, play as a song. So we have this thing every Christmas. Um, I can't remember how old I was when I first did it, but me and my brother did a duet of Hit the Road Jack. And I feel like I must... It was about when... It was about when I was in cruise control, so probably like over 10 years ago. And every Christmas, even I mean, still now... named song considering your brother's called Jack. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he used to sing it and I used to play it. And then as Jack got better on piano, he used to play the chords and I used to like do little solo things over the top. And it makes me cringe every single year, but they, they, my cousins, when we're at our house, still ask for that song. And it just cringes me out, you know? Just cringes me out. But yeah, that was the first. that's the first thing I remember sort of like... Um, doing in front of the family where the family were like, come on, do it, do it. And it was the time I just started being able to improvise and stuff. Like, I'd learnt the blues scale and uh, all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> yeah, and, and we still do it every Christmas with a lot of forcing, but we still do it every Christmas. And it's one of these things like my brother always, always, always used to sit by the piano and do a song or like just play all evening. And we used to, like, you know, when everyone's like full and just feeling a bit sleepy about seven, eight o'clock. And everyone just sits yeah, down for an yeah. hour and just sort of chills out. And normally my brother would play a load of uh, good, good like musical songs, um, some sing-along stuff and then some completely funny, hilarious Tim Minchin type stuff. And, um, and Hit the Road Jack is one of, those, one of those songs that always ends up coming up in that moment. So that, that's probably my earliest Very memory nice. that still what? is a bloody memory every single year. <laughs> I guess, but yeah, oh, I guess that still mine there. was the whole podcast just froze. Like, then I was like, when I first wait. started playing as well, when it was like new as well, mate, I I, oh. I didn't hear any of that. Oh, sorry, poor connection. Apparently, I, yeah, I fully lost you. I'm sorry. We're back. We're back. Um, I guess, like, yeah, when I first started playing in like, especially first started singing and playing guitar, just kind of became a thing. Like, especially early on when it was like very new, like, oh, give give us a song, give us a song. If like friends of the family were around. It'd be like, oh, go on, go on. And, like, you secretly didn't want to, but then after it was done, it'd actually be quite nice to just play as people and get a reaction from them. So, And it still happens now, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was your, that's your earliest memory? That's, well, that's your earliest memory of playing in front of people? Yeah, when I first started really picking up guitar and singing and playing, and then I think because it was so new, like, to yeah. everyone as well... That he's like, cousins have come round, oh, go on, give us a song, give us go a song, give us a song. And then, but, I mean, that doesn't happen now, but if I've got loads of family in a room, like, if we're in there longer than an hour, like, I can tell. That's when they're ready for a tune. And someone will pop up and go, you got a guitar in here? Yeah, uh, like, <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, it's all good. It is fun. funny it's because like fun. when we're out on tour and meeting people and stuff, like there's always a certain time of night. Like people, general public just love hearing 
live music. Like, it's something that most people don't really do. I mean, most people haven't even been to a gig, which is crazy to think about. I think I saw a stat the other day that, like, 70% of people have never even been to a gig. Um, so the idea of, like, seeing mm. or stumbling across live music or, like, buskers or public performers and stuff, like, is super exciting. Never, let, alone to have, let alone to have, like, someone super talented, like, sing to them in, like, an evening around a barbecue or a little fire or when you're sat in someone's garden all having a beer or something. So it's quite an unusual position, I think, as a musician to be in because you kind of see it, like, you, you kind of get embarrassed, but actually, like, people just really enjoy listening to music because they get their own little private gig and it's something that most people don't get the opportunity for. So I do feel for you being a singer, especially. Absolutely. You get asked to do it quite a lot, especially that because most people have a guitar somewhere lying around. Yeah. Guitars are thing, like yeah. rats. You're, you're only like, ever... Oh, there's not a guitar. <laughs> oh, there's one here. And you're like, oh, Yeah, guitars okay. are like rats. You're only ever like 15 feet away from a guitar. <laughs> and then you got like, oh, it's not quite... Uh... It's not quite right. It's not the right shape. For it, <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, it's all good fun. I enjoyed those fun. questions. I can't believe that's taken an hour and 10 minutes into the podcast to get through, but I really enjoyed that. I hope you guys did as well, listening. In it. We'll, we'll smash through the news and. Um, let's yeah, smash sick. It. I don't know anything about the news. So, so um, welcome to the next section. Um, this is the news. It's normally anything to do with entertainment and normally anything to do with. Music, if we can make it so, but it's just whatever's interesting in the news, and even the smallest of things, I find really interesting. So it's about a fairly unknown artist. You might not, you might, you won't have heard of him. Paul McCartney. You know, I think you've heard so. of him. He's been a band called the. Um, something about uh, Blackbird. Oh, it's the something. I can't. I can't yeah. remember him. He had a few songs. They, they were one it wonder kind of anyway but, the um, news will probably tr- no, so trigger our memories yeah I th- I, they did some um, I can't remember it now <laughs> they uh, so Paul McCartney's come out and said that there's a very there's a definite possibility that he's gonna like release an outtakes album sorry can we just which is like all the stuff a definite possibility that's the most English phrase I've what? ever alright Bus driver. Oh, it's a city sightseeing tour. He's worried that his tour's going to be late. Why is he beeping? He's paid his mate Ralph down the street to do a performance and uh, he's not enjoying it at all. What? What's going on? Just angry bus driver, mate. Angry bus driver doing a sightseeing tour is just beeping his horn like an absolute lunatic. But there's a whole queue of traffic in front of him, so... Yeah, classic standard. Um, Sorry, mate, you were saying about this fella... um, Pete McCartney or something. But you said definite. Oh possibility. yeah, definite possibility. Like that makes no sense. It's, you can't have a definite possibility. You can now. So it's a definite possibility that um, <laughs> he's going to release an out an outtakes album, which is like um, a load of unreleased Beatles stuff, a load of stuff that like made the cutting room floor. Loads of like in like um in between recording sessions, so like conversations between them, like writing sessions. So like stuff they were talking about when they were recording Hey Jude or Yesterday or something like that. And then little conversations between them, which I think could be like like no one's heard any of this stuff. Wow. Like apart from him. Like no one's heard any of this stuff. I love So that stuff could be like very that. big. And a very a really cool insight into their like complete writing and recording process, which you don't really get with the Beatles as much. No, I don't think... I think like, uh, the only interview I've ever heard is I think Paul McCartney at some point swears in a song. Please. Please. Yeah, yeah. Please stop. Please stop. 
while the bus driver's getting actually like very angry. I can see him in his wing mirror. He's like got his arms flying around and everything. Um, yeah, there's a song that he swears in at some point. He plays a wrong note or he, he comes in too early or something. I can't remember what the song is. Somebody told me on Instagram when I also said this fact. Um, but yeah, he swears in a song. Mate, please, can you stop? There's, 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 there's the recordings where like, um, like Paul will come in too early. <laughs> but they've just kept it in because obviously like it's all on tape it's expensive to redo they've only, got, they've only got a certain amount of tape and a certain amount of money so they're just like oh that's the best one keep it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that could be super interesting yeah so are they, are they releasing it as like, like a podcast into, or are they releasing it as like a film or an interview recent, not, they've not got that far yet I think they just they've got all this stuff and they're like this would be great to power out in the world and this would be something cool for people to hear which I yeah, agree yeah very with. much so is there a date on that I, I'm literally want to be the first person on that no Nothing yet. They're just they're talking about it being a, a thing when they want to do it. So, I mean, that could be very, very cool. Can I just give you an update on this bus situation? So, the bus is Go like on. passing the car that's pulled over, which, bless him, he's waiting to pull into a car parking space because it's absolutely hectic down here. The bus pulls up alongside him and, yeah. the, and, and the bus driver then creates a whole load of new traffic because he's like having a go at this guy parking in his car for creating traffic. And the guy's just like, stop talking to me, go. Um, yeah, there's the on. gossip from Brighton, <laughs> Brighton Beach. Uh, Anything else on the old news situation? Is it Tyler the Great? Nothing nothing much this week. Nothing much this week. Um, no, there wasn't a lot of standout stuff this week. Really. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. We are an hour and 15 into the podcast no. already. So, shall we begin the next and are final section? Oh, you're listening to Yeah. So this section, guys, um, for anybody that's new, is my favourite section because it gives me something to do for the rest of the week. And also, I think it's everybody else's favourite section, so I'm sorry you've had to wait an hour and 15 for it. Next week, just maybe skip forward to this bit if you're not interested in everything else we're saying, but hopefully you are. Um, this is who we are listening to. That's this section, and um, we both share ideally a song, but mainly just an artist that we're listening to at the minute. Um, Isaac, who's your artist of the week? My eyes of the week is Kevin Garrett, who I know Ooh, you know already. Yeah, we've been referenced because to them. We've played him all the time. And we've been referenced a lot of the music that we write and but production been, has been referenced to Kevin Garrett quite a lot quite a lot of times. Yes. But it's been like perfect weather for stuff like his. Like he's not like summer tunes, but I feel like it's just chill, yeah. nice spot in yeah. the car. He's a great writer as well. Like he's done a lot of writing for Beyonce and That's stuff. That's crazy. But yeah. And um yeah, he's he's I, I won't even say a particular song go check everything that he has out he's fantastic he's very good, very so, good. any particular song at the minute or just, just generally him and his playlists I'd say Precious if you're going to listen to any Precious a good one to start or Refuse Precious or Refuse very good one to start um, okay who am I listening to this week there's a uh, so there's a, a gal called Marley Hayes which I used to play for and She's just released a new song called Stay With Me, which is actually a really old song, but um, we recorded a band version of it in the studio and it's now been produced and we recorded it like two and a half, maybe three years ago. And um, it's finally come out with footage of the session, the original session of us writing that. So if you want to see me with long hair, and it, that, yeah. very bad hair, I don't know why anybody told me to just shave my head. Um, but there's some, there's some really fun footage to go along with it. And it's a really good song. She's, she has a great balance of like having a live sound in her productions and also having like a recorded sound in her productions. 
um, which I really rate. Um, so, yeah, Stay With Me is the name of the song. And Marley Hayes, Marley spelled like the country, M-A-L-I-H-A-Y-E-S. So, yeah, I'd highly recommend I think it's only out as a YouTube video at the minute, like with the footage. I don't know if she's got plans to put it up on Spotify or anything like that. Um, but the video is probably the most exciting thing to watch because um, you get to see me with a very bad haircut. <laughs> so, Mr. Isaac, um, is there anything else that's happening in the next week that you want to share or anything that you have learned this week before you do a final affirmation card to sign off? Anything I'm... Uh... Anything exciting Ooh. you've got planned? Wait, when are you coming, when are you coming down to Brighton? Are you going to be here when George K comes by any chance? I'm hoping I need to figure out how, really. Well, no, I can, but, like, because he's only here for five days, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to figure out. Either way, I'll probably come in down, like, the week of the 19th. Um, okay, oops, so it might, um, be, uh, it might be might be next week you're in the podcast, but I think George K is going to be in next week's podcast. Um depending on when we record it. If we record it this time, like, can, guys, can you just stop? If we record it next week, there might be a good chance that uh, George K is in it, or it might just be you and me again. That's George K he's, here. Right he's actually just arrived, ready for the next podcast. <laughs> uh, one thing I'm going to say, actually, is that... Um, so, by the end of this tour, by the end of August, um, I'm going to have a break for a month um, on all socials. So that'll be in the end of this series. But we do have an exciting series of podcasts already planned and already in motion, um, which will be series three, um, speaking to some very exciting creative people. And um, we want to hear from you whilst we're planning all of that, exactly what you want us to hear. Like, have you got an idea on exactly what the podcast should be when we're speaking to people? Um, at the minute, we like, we're liking the idea of doing this kind of format where we have a particular topic each week, but we will be talking about that topic with the, the guests that we have on. Um, so they won't be random guests. These are planned guests. These are friends that we have that are doing really, really well in their area of whatever. Is there a certain thing that you'd like us to talk about? Um, or are you just happy hearing about their life story? Um, or do you want us to bring a bit of a more of a direction towards it? Like, which sections have we currently, currently got that you like? Which ones are you not fussed about? And we won't be offended if you are just straight to the point and tell us exactly what you feel. Um, but we thought we'd just... I just thought I'd announce it to everybody that that's what's happening. A little bit of an exclusive here on the podcast. Um, to just let us know if, if you've got any ideas or any particular approach to a show that you think would be really good for us to do for series three. Um, but don't worry, we still have four more after this, four more episodes of this this series, which I'm very excited about. There's a flipping car alarm going off again now. It's all popping it's all off, off, mate. It's there. all popping off. Right, shall we, um, shall we round off the podcast with an affirmator card? This is, this As is always. affirmation, is my, um, another one of my favourite sections of just something to think about throughout the rest of our week. So we have, I have this pack of cards that my, um, my old tour manager, Jodie, she got me, well, she's young, but it was a while ago since she was the tour manager. Um, <laughs> and she got me this pack of cards that basically have a saying on it, um, like a word, a topic, and then a little paragraph, a few sentences for us to think about and take with us through to the rest of the week. Now, last week we were talking about um, taking feedback and how to deal with it because I had had a particularly horrible comment um, on 
my YouTube, and the one that the one that Elisa picked up was literally about. It's the last sentence was like, "Do not leave comments of hate or spite or something along those lines," and it was so weird. Um, so I'm going to pick a card, and then we can all take it away into our week and have a think about it. And if you guys have a story that relates to it or any thoughts on it, then do get in touch. Um, before I do read it out. Isaac is the other end of the emails for the podcast. So if you guys have anything you want to talk to us about, um, you can either contact us at the bottom of the contact form if you have found this podcast on the blogcasts page on the website. At the bottom, there's a little contact form and you can leave a comment um, that everyone else will be able to see as well if they want to. Um, like I say, last week we had our first comment. Um, so if you are up for filling that in and doing that, then please do uh, get in touch that way or you can get in touch with us at team at madeontheroad.co.uk if you would like to share any thoughts on this podcast or if you would like to let us know about series three and any thoughts that you have about that um isaac will be at the other end of that email so um yeah have a little chin wag with him because he will be there to reply to you so this week's card is generosity drum roll generosity I, I said it before the drum roll i'm really sorry so generosity, generosity. Haven't we already had that? Mm, I don't think so. Do you recognise that card? I don't, I don't recognise it. I don't think we've had it. Let me read it out. And if, you, if we no. have had it, then I'll do another one. Go for it. I give generously to those around me, no matter how much or how little I have. I know there is more than enough to go around and that the key is to allow it to keep going around without stopping. If I stop the flow, I'm like the one person at the stadium who doesn't do the wave. I like that. I like, I like that. that. I don't. It doesn't even. I don't think we have had it before. But even yeah. if we have, who cares? I like really that, and card. I like the sentence. I give generous, generously to those around me, no matter how much or little I have. I like the or little bit because, um, yeah, yeah. It's just it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be anything physical. Even just giving kindness is give what exactly, you can. Exactly. So we will leave you with that card for this week. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Isaac, thank you for planning a great podcast. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, next week, you'll be planning for oh, us good. to hear some audio from the earliest recordings of us before oh, our voices. God. This is going to be hilarious, mate. I cannot wait for this yeah. one. Um, and if yeah. George K is here, I need to make sure that we get a recording of like him as well, like some of his first recordings. So... Um, Absolutely, Absolutely hilarious. If anybody does actually have a recording of their, them, like the first thing they ever recorded, and they'd like us to play it on the podcast, I doubt any of you will. But if there is someone out there that's willing to be bold enough, then <laughs> do send it through uh, to the email and Isaac will plan it for next week's show. But um, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Um, Isaac, I hope you have a great week ahead of you. And um, I'll speak to you soon, as always. And to everybody you else... Will. Um, if you're in or around Brighton by any chance whatsoever come and say hello um, other than that thanks for listening stay safe look after each other and remember Isaac Tyler do the honours never stop creating hey see you guys next week bye this is me.